check, check, check. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. You did. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, welcome back to the intersection. I'm with a friend, an artist. Joey! <laughs> Ish. Ish, your cousin to everyone else. Um, Brittany, you might remember when Brittany mentioned him in an, in an episode like three episodes ago, maybe? We're going to go with that. Three or four. I can't do math right now. Shouts to the day. squad. Yes, but that's that's one of your, what, best friends for sure. So. True say. True say. Welcome. <laughs> Glad to be here. Yes. Thank you for having me. <laughs> uh, we'll get into like who you are later because the people, the people don't know what they're missing, but that's, that's fine. <laughs> we'll get to that. Um, but, I mean, you're a listener of the show, so you know our eyes, ears, heart section. Yes. What are you watching? What are you reading? So, I've been watching a good amount of TV, which is not normal for me. Um, I'll be watching TV, but like... Here it's, it's really here and then. I think like with the way we binge shows now, I like binge and then depart for like a few weeks and just go back to watching a lot of YouTube and stuff. But um, I had got sick a few weeks ago going into my birthday, so while I was on my butt, I just caught up on a lot of shows. So I did Watchmen, I did um, oh my god, Black Monday. Have you heard of Black no, Monday? No, what is that? It's it's on like Epics. I guess that's oh, like yeah, a. Yeah. Like a like sister a, channel to stars or yeah. something. But um, it's Don Cheadle and Regina Hall is in it, aka Wifey. <laughs> I think she's still single. That's one person I'm like, I'm pulling up where if I ever see. But yeah, anyway, uh, shout out to Regina Hall. If you <laughs> out there listening to the Intersection podcast, like, look. Anyway, so <laughs> it's a cool it's a cool show, like kind of dramedy about uh, it was Black Monday, a day in 1987 when the stock market like had this very abrupt crash. Mm-hmm. So the first I know the second season comes out in March, I believe. Oh, okay. So the first season, it kind of details a, a year before that day. And it's a yeah, it's, it's a really interesting show. Uh, so I did that at Godfather Harlem. I think the what I'm on right now is the Amazon Originals. So um, I started uh, the the marvelous Miss Maisel, Miss yeah, Maisel. Miss, yeah, yeah. So I'm really enjoying that show. I'm like four episodes in. You know, but, I, I mean, it's critically acclaimed. It's a it's a big deal. Yeah, I love period pieces. Oh yeah. So yeah. anything that puts me like in a certain time, I'm like I'm usually like a sucker for. I guess this is like nostalgia, you know. I just love nostalgia a lot. <laughs> nice. And what are you? What are you reading? Are you reading anything right now? I'm trying to finish Shoe Dog. Like I, I was reading that from like last year. I'm really just trying to like start up a like reading habit again. I used to love reading. Shouts to shouts to Brittany. Shouts to Blue. Definitely you know the like lists too. <laughs> yeah. Shouts to the list too. Definitely like yeah. So she was always like my like bibliophile inspiration, you know. But um. Yeah, so I'm trying to finish you the uh, Phil Knight, Phil Knight memoir, Nike and stuff. Wow, um, you and Josh. Yeah, both, yeah, <laughs> both read yeah, it. yeah, yeah. So after that, I'm trying to figure out what to read. I kind of just jump into like fiction, more fiction. I, I read a lot of memoirs and like mm-hmm. music history books and stuff, but I think some things I'll probably reread. But in poetry, like, like man, I, have, I don't read poetry as much as I used to. Well, I mean, so, you're a former poet. So. Word. 
like I said, we'll get into all of who you are in a little bit. <laughs> um, what am I watching? I I also this weekend decided to start binging. I don't binge, but last week was so hectic at work. I was mm. like, you are binging something because you're not going anywhere. Um, so I started the second season of Shrill, which was great on Hulu. Shrill is called? Yeah, it's called Shrill. It's um, it's based off the book by Lindy West uh-huh. called, it's called Shrill. And it's about like this fat woman who essentially like quits her job and just like, because she's being bullied, she's being trolled. And then she starts writing and she goes rogue from what the editor wants. And it's like all about little, like her story essentially. But the second season is sort of like a spinoff because it's not, I don't think it pertains to the book so much. It's mm. more fictional. Um, but it's good. It's really good. And then I also started Sex Education. Uh, yeah, I did this se- season two of that. Uh, see, I'm, I'm just starting season two. Uh, it's it's so good. Also, uh, yeah, shout out to a diverse cast. Like, yes, yes, the casting for it is like really good. A1. Yes. <laughs> A1. Yeah. Eric is the best. And Chudi Gatwa, like, love him yeah. so much. Period pieces at any coming of age, anything. I'm always down for it. Yes, they're so always. good. Like everyone's like, why do you watch these like shows about or like even read books about like kids? I'm like, first of all, that for adults write those things. I don't yeah. know why we don't think that we're not the ones writing them. <laughs> um, second of all, like that's like the fun part of life. Like you have way less to care about to worry about to deal with. Helps you keep in touch and heal your inner child. Exactly. <laughs> because really, that's what we need. We need that's, the that's, yeah, that's what it's really about. That's what it's really about, low-key. It yeah. got nothing to do with nothing. <laughs> um, and then, what am I um, reading? I don't know that I'm reading anything. Well, I also right now I'm listening to my books more than I'm reading them. Mm. Um, because I don't have enough time to like sit and read books. I'm 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 sort of getting more curious about audiobooks. It's a very different it's a different situation. Yeah. You need a great narrator. Like you need mm. someone or you need the author to narrate their book. Mm. Um the last one I I've been talking about this one, Raptology that Wretch 32 wrote. Um that was really well narrated, but that's also how you wrote the book. Um I'll also like I guess we're going to ears right now, but listening to um Angie Martinez's book. I'm like finishing it, and it's also really good. Like I can't imagine reading it, but I can hearing how she says it is like. Oh, so she narrates. Yeah, she narrates dope. it, That's and also cool. being like the voice of New York. So like, Word, yeah. like, I would definitely listen to that. Yeah, no, it's it's really good. Also, her story is wild. Like mm-hmm. you're just like, wow, you've really been in this game a long time. Her fight with I just finished her fight with Wendy Williams. It's great. Nice. So yeah, I, I feel like it's easier for me to read like listening right now but mm-hmm. i will get back into reading real books mm-hmm. especially because of you know britney <laughs> mm-hmm. but yeah what do you listen to um i think there's things that are always in rotation so like my workout playlist uh you know what i, I um i've gone on tiktok <laughs> So on <laughs> I'm on TikTok now. Wow, and it's it's, it's, to it. it's a fascinating world, and it is. and the music that is getting like proliferated through TikTok. So like songs and stuff. I've been making my playlist of those songs. <laughs> so I've been I've been like listening to those songs a little bit. Um, I think last night I listened to Pop Smoke's new project, which how do we feel about Pop Smoke? I just like need to know. He's I, very interesting to me. He keeps coming up in conversation. I probably won't partake. 
as a as a Brooklyn boy, I'm like I'm happy for anybody, almost anybody coming from here and like doing their thing, you know. So you know, like Bobby Smurda comes home this year, like I'm 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 excited about that. <laughs> um, yeah, as long as you're not six nine, you know, like I'm definitely supporting <laughs> <laughs> supporting you if you're from Brooklyn. But I think it's hit him and the rest of the uh, kids who are doing this Brooklyn drill movement who have it going because uh, they're all like in going in well some are still teenagers and then some are going into their 20s but just knowing the trajectory of where that Brooklyn drill like movement started because mm-hmm. I, I can I can like date it back to 2015 I was still doing it was one of my last stints as like a teaching artist and um these kids I was teaching, it was like a, the program was like an alternatives to sentencing. So these mm-hmm. are kids with cases, they working through their cases, and it was just like kind of a thing to keep them occupied. But usually I was just chopping it up with them. I was supposed to be teaching them about music production and stuff like that. And But most of the days when we wouldn't do work, I'm just like talking to them, like listening to them. And so much of what they were influenced by at that time is Chicago drill. So like Chief Keef is a god to these kids who were born after 98. Is yeah. it Chief Keef really young though too? Uh, I guess he's probably like twenty six now or something. Okay, so he's but, like mid twenty. Yeah, but him. So a lot of those uh, people from Chicago, but him, him being like mm-hmm. the main, the, the the main, main face. So the way Chicago drill evolved, and then however that cross pollinated with UK drill. And now that has meshed into what Brooklyn drill, the Brooklyn drill sound is right now. Mm-hmm. It's it's fast. It's fascinating to me. It's um. So yeah, I listened to Pop Smoke's project last night. Not not really voluntary. I was just like, oh, okay, he dropped some cool. <laughs> I was just in the mood to like try something that I normally don't. Yeah. And um, I listened to my girl Treaty from New Orleans, uh, New Orleans rapper. She dropped a new EP, so I'm always listening to bounce music in some kind yeah, of way. Yeah. She's not necessarily a bounce artist. She does bounce stuff, but um, her new EP dropped, and it has some really cool songs on it. So usually that. I had a very good time listening to Harry Styles' album. So this this album, also another one that <laughs> keeps my, my people on the interwebs, most of the music writers that I follow, um, and like totally admire, they're all like, this Harry Styles, I'm like... Are we sure though? And then I saw your tweet to and Anif responded, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, "So no, y'all, we're really in it." So I need to give this. Got so, it. Yeah. So him and um, I'm I've been following Haley uh, Haley from Paramore her yeah. solo material because the way she's rolling out is really cool. It's nice to have money. It's nice to be. It's nice <laughs> to be from a successful band and have the budget to just be like, we're gonna roll out these narratives, sequence of videos. To go with these songs. Actually, we're going to premiere these songs with these videos. And you're going to follow this story. And then also to have a huge, like, interview with Zane Lowe. Right. I I haven't watched it yet. Oh, it's good. (laughs) It's good. So, yeah. I think, yeah. So, between them two, I'm excited for, like, getting into a pop bag a little more. Because I I just, I kind of missed, I kind of missed that. Kind of, you know. I know Billie Eilish had like a really fantastic couple years, yeah. and I, I I like her music. I, I dig her, um, but that kind of traditional, more traditional pop kind of feel. I'm like I miss that. I kind of want some of that in my life. Yeah, I'm trying <laughs> to like. I feel like I don't listen to pop a lot. I I am interested, obviously, in the Haley Williams stuff because like we grew up on Paramore, so like that was a big deal. 
And I feel like that, like these songs are also very different than Paramore. So it's interesting yeah. to like see this new iteration of her as an artist, yeah. um, as a solo artist. And I'm liking the songs. Yeah, like they're good. Yeah. Um, they're also like, they have like a little more rock in them than they, than, mm-hmm. it's not like the pop rock. It's like, no, this is actual yeah. like rock. Yeah. Um, so I'm definitely, I, I'm definitely into that. Uh, what else? I, I listened to the new Brent Fias. How, how is, how is, how is it? <laughs> I, <laughs> right. real I was, yeah, You're because like, I, I, I was like, I was cool. I was really into son that first Sonder project. Yeah. And then uh, it was some, whatever the artwork is with him wearing the cap. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that project, I checked some songs. It was cool. But I don't know, like, vocally sometimes he be losing me. Well, he oh, does not have like a... Vocally, but lyrically, more so. Yeah, he be yeah. losing me sometimes. I was going to say, <laughs> I think that that's the thing about Brent. Brent likes to just say what he's doing literally. Like... Yeah. <laughs> and so you're sometimes you're like... Like one of the lines where he's like, I've been effing superstars since I was 19. And you're like, yeah, no, we know. <laughs> like, yeah. Or even... He has he has a couple on there today. I was like, oh, that's, but like he's also like, you know exactly where he's been. Like he writes very much so. This album you could tell was written partially in Europe and was also mm. recorded in like the states. And mm. so he talks about his stint in the two places and mm. like because he also was in Paris and London and it, you just Brent is I think Brent just he and he even says it on the album. He's like, you either like me or you don't. Where I think and that's like a very, it's a very like, I'm really young kind of attitude to have, especially probably in this sphere where like yeah. he's getting fame and people knowing who he is more and all that and all that stuff. But yeah, I think the way I felt like on, about Control with SZA, where it's just like, I, I, I dig it, but I, I think maybe just being like a little older than that, then like I'm just in a different place. Where yeah. I'm like, I want some of this writing to feel more mature. And not in a sense of like, it don't gotta be grown, but like, just the execution. I think oh, see, I like, see, no, you're coming back. <laughs> we already know, first of all, come on. Um, Cause I feel like Control for me is an album that I absolutely love, but it speaks to every angsty girl's like, yeah, like that's how we felt all through. And that's where I understand why I'm like, okay, now I know what it's meant for, so I can only like say so much of like how I'm partaking in it as like a, a dude. Exactly, like you're like in your mid late twenties, where it's like, cause it did, it came out at a weird time, but we still was in it. We was like. Like the weekend comes on for some reason. That's still our track. Mm. Or garden. You know, I she love really garden. garden is one That's of the gem. That's the <laughs> It's the gem of the album. I have written a really sad piece to that, you know. Mm. I'll put that link in the in the show notes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that's what I'm listening to. Um and then oh, what's on your heart? How are you feeling? Drink I feel- your water. I feel good. I feel uh, I feel very present in my body. I think after I caught that like bad cold, I, it really put me on my butt. Uh, I don't know. I don't think nobody cusses on the show. So, oh so yeah, I'm, no, you can cuss. It's um, fine. So I, it, it really put me on my ass. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> so after I got I got out because I was like a, a, almost a week, and then it was like another week of like. Uh, all right, what am I doing now? <laughs> you just recover. And, yeah, now I'm like, I'm in a place where I kind of just been getting my systems in order more. 
like the past year for me was just like clarity coming out of like burnout like really bad burnout working in corporate and stuff so i was healing from that and i'm at a place now where i'm like i'm in i'm in go mode because even just been small things of getting my systems in order and really getting out of my own way with certain things like and some of it is like silly but you know like having too many damn chrome tabs open the way to, <laughs> somebody the way to, needs to gather up just, just every episode somebody like it's like i'm coming for you cool I've let cl- me hit you with the 25 tabs <laughs> i've cleared i've cleared my tabs even that just feels like a shackle lifted from my <laughs> like i been like oh my god i feel free now so yeah so i've been you know just doing like a lot of digital cleanup honestly like i clean i did like a thorough cleaning of my my room today uh, so I'm in that mode of just like I'm ready to get to what I've been wanting to get to or what I know what, what I want to accomplish for the year specifically mm-hmm. um, so I'm just in that kind of I'm in a very like present kind of feeling like let's let's get it even in just having fun or like just in, you know I think wherever I'm at and whoever I'm with I feel like I'm just I'm here with them so hopefully that's like reflected or hopefully that resonates with them but yeah so i just feel good in that sense i like it i love that i love that how you feel i'm feeling i'm feeling like um it things are very hectic like Mm. life is very hectic but it's also like a stint like I know that this is just like a stint of time mm-hmm. um I'm trying to learn rest in that and it's actually like I think that's why this weekend I was like you're not going anywhere and like yeah, that's yeah. okay um and just like being okay with like you get to veg a little because you work you work you like you work so you can eventually not have to do this every seven every minute of seven days a week true say true so say. I think that right now it's like trying to find that balance, but also like it does feel like there's like a lot of pressure right now to produce stuff, like produce content. This mm-hmm. is the first season that I've had it every week. Right. And so like really? that clip is <laughs> it's different. It definitely is different than having it bi-weekly. Um, also having it like at this speed for three months straight is that's also another test is like can you sustain this sustain yeah um i see why people have large production teams to get these things done true but (laughs) you know like that type of stuff or even uh like i'm taking a class for music like music industry stuff Mm -hmm. and i'm also trying to write because i also like want to be a music writer so it's like there's all these different things it's like just more pressure but then at the same time it's like you can do this but at the same time, it's, like, balance. Like, you have to, like, not be doing this all the time. Yeah. I think, like, that that rest time, accounting for that rest time, uh, allocating for it. <laughs> we talk about, like, low management <laughs> and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, like, like, allocating for it is, like, super real. I've been, I've been experiencing the same where I'm, like, I, I'm trying to listen to my body and my mind. Like, I, we, we both know. We both know. <laughs> it ain't happening right now. <laughs> And if I try to force myself any further, I'm going to just be upset. So it's like, I'm going to go watch the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel or something. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, just, just like be okay with like, that's what you're about to do. You're not about to do nothing else. Yeah. And that takes like a lot of training for some reason. My brain is just like, this isn't that hard. As a, yeah. But people are like, like, especially like my friends, my friends are like, it's, bi- it's literally biblical to rest. And I'm like, 
You run. Yeah, for real. <laughs> you know when you're like, it's literally a part of your religious practice to do this. Yeah. I remember you saying like on the previous episode just about like, uh, you know, like you, how your body and mind works. Like you want to move. Like you don't like sitting, sitting down too long. Nope. I feel, I feel the same way, but I've been learning, like, man, sit down. <laughs> exactly. There's, myself, like, no way to Sit your go. ass down. Just sit down. Like, pretend that you give a damn about your body and just sit down. It's it's sad. It's it is, But it's, like, annoying. Like, I hate sleep. So, yeah, I think I talk about that a lot. I don't like sleep. And my friend's like, sleep is great. I'm like, sleep is awful. But here we are. You know, we're going to make it. <laughs> It'll be fine. Um, but let's get into this topic, which is partially you as an artist. Um, you are as an artist, issue cousin, which you just dropped a song at the end of last year, dropped a mm-hmm. single, a video for it mm-hmm. in the beginning of this year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow, brain, yes, it's working. Um, how, like, I guess, like, who are you for people who don't know who you are? Like, I know who you are, I've followed <laughs> you for a while now. Because like, we've been friends for a while now, but like, who are you to the world? Uh, so I'm Isha Cousin, uh, rapper and producer from Brooklyn, New York. Probably in another life, probably somewhere in the South. Hopefully uh, New Orleans, Louisiana. She really loves New Orleans. <laughs> NOLA is where it's at. Yeah, so um, I am... If Hair Honor was black and made music and if... The Black Hair Arnold shows showed when he would go down south and visit family and stuff. <laughs> then that's like what my music sounds like. <laughs> oh, I, that is like the perfect parallel, actually, because it's true. That is what his music sounds like. Um, it's very like, it, yeah, it's very like Crooklyn, <laughs> kind of like Brooklyn nostalgia with the homies like here and now with the homies. Yeah, it's very yeah, it's very much a Nickelodeon show I never had. That's like. My whole world, at least the world that I'm building, um, at this at this juncture anyway, and getting there was uh, a journey. Well, getting to this point uh, where I can like say those things with more confidence and cl- and clarity than mm-hmm. I ever have w- has been a journey in itself. Definitely like had a few reinventions or kind of you know just rebrands, so to speak, of what I thought I wanted to do and what I knew I actually just really wanted to do. So, um, yeah, I had started, like, in my teens uh, going to this youth poetry program, um, which is also where I met Blue. Yeah, <laughs> so we met Brittany. For, for those who don't know, Brittany and Blue are the same person. Yeah, um, and did a lot of cool things there. I was blessed to do a lot of cool things with poetry and the spoken word scene here in New York and, um, and a few other places. And that that groomed me along with this like film program I was in, which is in this building actually that we recorded. Oh yeah, I've seen I've seen a lot of kids out here. Yeah, so made like this really cool short film about being from Brooklyn and gentrification (laughs) when I was like sixteen. Yeah, so it was things like that that it it groomed me early, and um, also just making music, all doing all those things at the same time, like in high school. (laughs) <laughs> with my one of my best friends um and I was in a duo for a while so all that was uh converging and kind of got me in like an early stage of I guess artist development cuz that's <clears throat> doesn't really happen yeah <laughs> in, 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 the, in, the, in the way Not that anymore. It used to, yeah 
they, no labels budget for any of that. You really got to build it yourself. And um, but starting from that point and going into my twenties and um, just like living life and trying to do some of the life things, like I had to go to school. You know, I had to like at least do it for my mama. <laughs> so many and, uh, yeah. <laughs> but knowing that music was always the the main ambition and probably like the biggest ambition. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I just had ex- the these range of experiences and other crafts where it um, it helped me build my skill sets. Mm-hmm. And then once I really started locking into more of my musical skill sets, then it, it all it's all kind of arrived to this point of cohesion in the last two years of like, okay, I'm Isha cousin, and this is like this is what I'm about. And this is where I feel I want to go. Well, this is I know where I'm at right now. Where I'm going, it's really up to God at the end of the day. But oh, <laughs> <for> the <saints. laughs> it's really it's really on it's really on that supreme being at the end of the day. But uh, I feel like I just I'm at a point where I know the kind of work I need to put in at this phase in my development. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Should I explain, like, the name? <laughs> I was going to ask that, actually. Like, I was just like, why is your cousin? Because in my mind, it makes you feel, like, more relatable. Yeah. But I don't know if that's actually why you said uh, it's part. That's, that's, that's part of the reason. Uh, it's, two, it's two main things of how the name came about. I I was Ish for the longest, like, as a poet, as well. It was just my nickname, which is, like, short for Ish now. So I was always Ish in, my in like, any artist capacity for a long time. And... When um, when I got to Isha Cousin, which is really like in the last year, it was um, it was always in the back of my mind for for years before that of people experience like encountering people in different ways, family, friends, people at shows, stuff like that, where they were like, "Yo, you remind me of like my brother or something, or like my cousin." Whether it was like older cousin, younger cousin. And I think like the name Ishmael just happens to be like a cousin kind of name because a lot of these, yeah, a lot of these accounts was like, yo, my cousin named Ishmael, my nephew named Ishmael. Da, 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 da. So just that, and I guess like whatever kind of energy of familiarity I would bring to people, and that's something I've always been aware of. Um, like I pride myself on being a good listener. I think like a lot of my encounters with friends and stuff, like the the most fondest memories are when I'm just kicking it with them on like some real like living room type vibe, stoop vibe, whatever, and just talking about any and everything. So my music is, I put a lot of that into my music, the spirit of that into the music. And um, I know that with rap, especially if you're a rapper, like you're playing some kind of persona, you know? It's like Very wrestling. Very much so. Yeah, it's like wrestling. Like these are rappers with my first superheroes. So like sometimes the names even caught me where I'm like, oh, that's, yo, that's uh. This is uh this is L Cool J or this is that's not one of my favorite rappers but just throwing that out there. <laughs> or like this is Snoop this is Snoop Dogg like this these larger than life mm-hmm. kind of figures even though like you probably just catch them on some real regular yeah. stuff most of the time. But I was like damn what persona am I really playing? And I was like I'm not trying to like play a caricature or anything. But I was like if I'm really just extending myself then I'm like somebody's cousin. Yeah, <laughs> it's your cousin. I have to ask though about this because that that persona, especially in rap, is like a very like it's a big deal. It's a part of and we're gonna like talk about two artists very specifically, mm-hmm. but like 
that's hard to hone to me. Like I've like I've like watched and study artists in general, mm. and I can't even rap is like a different level. Mm. Like you can have a pop artist where like they do have to they have to have a persona or like you know rock that sort of thing m- more mellow artists but rap like you can't fake you you're faking it maybe but like you have to come with it it has yeah. to have a confidence a cockiness yep. um a lot of arrogance like how do you how do you how do you even cultivate that or like do you have that or are you more like that's what you mean by like issue cousin you're like i'm more of like the chill like yeah i think so i think with like the cousin role like even in just real life it's uh I'm I'm definitely always somebody's cousin in some kind of way, right? Like so I have a I have a younger cousin who's like he's two now. But me being like a big cousin to him, that's just like that that's that's been a whole new addition to the role of just me being a person. Um but in that specific role, I'm like, damn, I'm his big cousin. I'm also somebody's younger cousin. I'm somebody's play cousin who like we're like two or three years apart. But I think like just that cousin role is something that I haven't seen like expressed a lot in like a musical capacity. I guess even like to what you were saying about personas and rap, you know, there's like I think we've seen like the brotherly kind of role and, yeah. and things like that. But like the cousin is some, it's a yeah. I feel like it's a very important role too. You know, like every function is like you do something with your, oh you know you go to your cousin's crib and like they put you on to something. Um, They're more like what? Like it's a separation. Like yeah. they have a wisdom that's a little bit different than like your siblings would have. To yeah, you. yeah, yeah. And so I think because just a lot of my music is based in that, like especially like lyrically of just like I'm really just trying to have this, these conversations about all these wild things that we would talk about in the living room, or whatever. And I think like even translating that to stage is um, is just, I feel it's just like a really unique challenge to take on, especially as things grow. Um, and I think even like in the in the turn of it's like I'm going to party with my cousin, so I I feel like it's some it's a it's a role that can be flexible. Yeah. <laughs> and then I guess like just to to how the persona of it for me personally just really an extension of of who I've always been. Um, so that way, like I'm not trying too hard. It's really like, yo, Key. yeah, it's Key. like. Cause I was like, you know, sometimes like now I'm somebody, I'm somebody's older cousin or like a cousin who's getting older. So like sometimes like, well, my cousin's not coming outside today. It's like, I already told you I'm not, <laughs> you know. <laughs> However that translates to song is, is another thing, but <laughs> yeah. just the daily. And I think like so much of being an artist today is about your skill set and how you brand yourself, fortunately and unfortunately, but the awareness of it. I think like having like a very keen awareness of those things from from really young, I was like, all right, man. I, I, that's why I felt so good arriving to that cl- point of clarity in the past year where I'm like, this is it, this is it, because uh, the name change too was a solve for like just being ish. Having that on Spotify or other uh, digital streaming platforms, people, other people put out music under ish, and a lot it's of it true. is bad. A lot of it is bad. Also, finding you <laughs> is impossible. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like with Catfish hard. Haven, like yeah. your like, former singles. Like, I'm just like, does he know? I mean, it's like finding Dominique Williams. It's needle in a haystack. Sorry about all, but yeah, I just think that. So I, I wanted to know. I was like, was so, this on purpose? Yeah. But so there, like there was some like very tactical marketing like. Uh, motivations for the name change too but more than anything like at the core it was like 
oh okay this is kind of who i who i am yeah yeah (laughs) which i think is also a part of artistry it's like figuring out who you are actually which like you said it has different um, iterations that development phase it really takes time it really takes time especially if you like if you're very invested in this ambition yeah and if you also if you're doing it by yourself because you i mean you have a team with homies with you but like Mm -hmm. it is independent like you're putting the music out you're making it's really me yeah you're right it's really me and my artist homies just like we've just been trying to figure shit out (laughs) all the the years yeah that we've known each other and i think that's where like the advent of what the internet has done i think especially like in the we look at the past decade because we're fresh in 2020 now like you know past decade we experienced the blog era all those things where we like found the artists we love now, some of them, and it, now it's a whole different game. It's a whole different game of how you develop and like get on people's radars. So yeah, it's still like figuring it out. It's such a long game. Yeah, like, mental training every day for it, you know. Yeah, and so, I mean, also like, do you want to eventually be signed, or you like? Do you like the long game? Like, I think that like. It de- I mean, obviously, it depends on where you want to end up, but mm-hmm. I think both at this point have proven to be successful, independent artists and non-independent artists. So. Mm-hmm. I, uh, yeah, I, I enjoy the long game because I feel like it's just I put in too much to go back to look back <laughs> in the first place. Um, <laughs> but I, yeah, I guess when you, uh, I guess from business, uh, yeah, like business moves and what have you, or like bossing up, uh, when it... When crossing that bridge of like a label being interested and in whoever that be, whoever that may be, um, I would, I can, I foresee like a joint venture because I'm like, well, I, I'm thinking about leverage, like what me and my peoples have will, will come with. The leverage will will come with, whereas like we. Obviously, we got on y'all radar because of all this work we have put in. We've already done. Yeah. So we can we can joint venture and make it make sense. I think the way in like you know, I mean, granted, like I have no way in comparing myself to like the, the icon that is Beyonce. Let's make that clear. That's a whole other stratosphere. But in the in the in the principle of like how she established Ivy Park, but still has to you know still touch base with Columbia. Like listen. You need to you need to fill the rest of this budget. <laughs> look, look at everything I gave y'all the last twenty years of my life. <laughs> literally, literally. I think in things like that, like where it's a joint partnership, and uh, because I think even like the conversation of artist independence is a new idea. It's a new idea. It is, and, and it's and it still comes with like publishing, like like yes. some people are 100% independent and then there's some people that eventually will like they'll stay independent but they partner with publishers AWOL yeah. that whole concept of like, Kev, yeah. like I think of like someone who's worked with Beyonce Kevin Garrett like mm-hmm. who was on Rock Nation left Rock Nation now on AWOL like those types of things like yeah so I, I foresee like that kind of joint partnership yeah. yeah something where I'm like it definitely have like say in at least the creative control yeah, yeah. But I think like the the artists of today, or I mean, I only and then to a certain extent, I can only speak for myself. Where like I've been super studious about the you business have. parts, uh, just because of how I grew up. Like my dad was a producer and engineer, so a lot of like my musical motivate mu- motivations and ambitions for music came through experiencing what he was going through. 
So, and I, him and my OGs, like, they always would just mention, like, if you're going to get into this in any kind of way, like, study, make sure you know the business. Like, know your business. Make sure they don't screw you over. Yeah. So, I think that always being, like, a constant thing, like, through school, outside of school, actually, because there was no business classes in college, music business classes where I went. It's just like, man, I got to, I was real studious about some of those things. Yeah, and you worked yeah. in corporate. You, yeah, you not did too, work yeah. in for a label for a little bit. And so, yeah. So being on the inside too, it's just like, you just learn so much of like what to do and what not to do. So I feel like <laughs> as things grow, yeah, I probably, I would be, uh, maybe it's me being a Capricorn. I would be a stickler for certain things. I mean, like, listen. We got to be in the middle here. It's just peak. Peak <laughs> Capricorn. Um, ironically, you're born the same day as two of my friends who are also peak Capricorns. I don't know what it is. Whoa. Um, 16th is powerful. It's a very powerful day. Aaliyah. There's just like a lot happening. Shade too. It's just a lot. <laughs> like, I don't understand. And all of you are like this. I'm like, cool. Um, so, I well, I guess you did touch on this a little bit, but like, where do you feel like you're at in the scope, like as an emerging artist in in hip hop, which mm-hmm. is it's somewhat saturated, I would say. Yeah. Um, especially with newness, and also people who are not new but feel new, and then there are also people like Pop Smoke who are like popping and new. It's just yeah. like there's like all these different things, and also there's. Like subgenres, mm-hmm. like drill and yeah, you know, like how does how do you feel like you're at, where you're at? Oof, it's a it's a fascinating topic, and I I don't want to wax too long on it, but because I had like a very long conversation with my parents the other day about it, like we were just like we were going in for like a couple hours about like the <laughs> landscape going from like the '70s to now and like where it, where it can go. Um, I will start by saying. Um, part of like my impetus for being an artist, and, I, and especially like in the lineage or legacy of rap hip hop, mm-hmm. is uh, is the fact that like oh mentioning like my dad was a producing engineer, but he's like first generation hip hop baby, so yeah, born like in the seventies, yeah. So I've literally watched like this whole culture, or well, born being born into it for real, and being like of it and in it for real, and then watching how it puts food on the table and how it may not and like all those things. So for me, it's uh, part of the impetus is like a redemption kind of thing. And my grandmama, she actually, my dad's mom wanted to be a singer songwriter. Um, so I, I'm my part of my, mo- my motivation is taking it to where they weren't able to. And I think like even defining success is still something I'm like tampering with because you, you know, you think like you could reach for the sky or you know but some some of those things you may not want that come with it you know well so i'm, I'm I still mean, figuring just let the that kids out because yeah, <laughs> the, the landscape i think the landscape is where it, where it's at now is in such a way where like you mentioned there's various genres subgenres where you can absolutely thrive uh with like a very dedicated and niche fan base yeah you know for sure and the um oh so part of the conversation I was having with my parents like that saturation feeling I was saying I think it just feels distilled especially like rap mm-hmm. uh it just feels in this very distilled place I also mentioned I think that comes at the right time though I think it's good timing because 2023 it'll be 50 years 
from an official founding date of okay. the culture, right? Like the first block party, I mean, yeah, first block party, Sedgwick Avenue, 1973, mm-hmm. DJ Kool Herc, et cetera. And so almost 50 years from that. So you now we have we have legacy acts. Yeah, I think if you look at like Rock Nation's roster and like how they've been reviving careers of like the likes of like Fat Joe, giving yeah. these guys like second runs and other capacities beyond music. You know, we I think it's in a beautiful place where we we have those things and we're building upon those things. I think I feel like you're a younger artist, so you know, uh, I look at myself like, man, how do I contribute to the next fifty years of this thing? Yeah, you know, and like trying to look and thinking that kind of long game mentality, I think is what keeps it exciting. So I, I'm looking at like the Brooklyn drill movement being from here, where I'm like, that's not my style, but just appreciating it for what it is and being like these kids like. At least they're taking something and giving their own voice to it and owning it, you know? Yeah. Um, however long that's going to last. But I think it's cool to see these moments happen. Or, like, Young Thug is, like, one of my favorite rappers. Uh, He's a favorite it? among many. <laughs> and, and I think he was a trailblazer for a lot of what we have now, especially, like, if you're coming out of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. But there, and there's so many facets within the regions now, like, there's yeah, so regional rap pockets. is yeah, it's definitely a thing. Yeah, or now it's like it's transcending across regions. Across I think that's countries. like where I fall in line across countries. So it's in a, it's just in a fascinating place. I think like people, the people who get, who may express a uh, maybe resentment or like, um, they may combat this sense of distillness with like, oh, there ain't no real hip hop no more. <laughs> I think it's just like an overwhelm. That's it's real. a lot to choose from. It's there's like so much. From. Like there's always people always talk about that. Like the amount of content that we have, it like can be overwhelming. Yeah. And like I think a lot of times that makes people recoil. It makes you like go back to what you know. Yeah. Yeah. And then you get mad that the thing that you know isn't made anymore. It's like yeah, yeah. but like. But there's nothing new under the sun, though, right? Exactly. And, then, and it's like I think once. Uh, there's a way there's a way in which the two-way street between the artist and the audience mm-hmm. works where like there's a sweet spot of hitting that where it's like this is something familiar that you've seen before where uh, a kid can make a TikTok with their parent doing the mop dance. That's like the newest thing coming out yeah, of yeah, Atlanta, yeah. right? But that is not very different in concept from a dance that uh, came about in the 80s, like doing the wop at a party, you know? Like, yeah. So somebody's parent... Making that TikTok with their kid is like, oh, this reminds me of this. So I think moments like that, it makes it, it makes this distillation feel like it gives it a bump of excitement, you know, from the audience perspective. Mm-hmm. I think from the artists, if you're looking at the landscape right now, where whereas maybe in the 80s, 90s, you had to have like the triple threat skill set of you had to sing, dance, and act, mm-hmm. right? I think that was more for like R&B groups, but as genres have bended and stuff and we we're at a point now where I think whatever genre you in, you have to obviously have the skill set for your music. So you know, good musicianship, mm-hmm. um, and whatever you do and whatever your instruments are, voice, etc. And uh, it could be a triple threat, but I think these things go in twofold. But knowing marketing, <laughs> that's like knowing how to dance now. <laughs> you just gotta know how to market yourself. And I guess that falls in line with just like branding, knowing branding. And I think it's unfortunate and unfortunate thing because some of these things be feeling real perversed in the way people be rolling uh, their projects out sometimes or like 
I've seen it. I've done it. I made the mistake. You get so caught up in being like, all right, so my followers are active at this time of the day. So my analytics say this. Now I have to release this yeah. thing. I have to post this thing. I have to do this dance. I have to. And you could really get in your own way with that stuff. And I feel if you're like, I, well, I'll speak for myself. I'm in a space where I've come to the realization, especially being a rapper, where it's like, yo, I cannot be cute about some of these things. I can't afford to. I'm like wasting time. Uh, where like, there's no point in having some extravagant rollout for a single. Who cares? Nobody cares. Like I, I haven't, I haven't solidified, I haven't solidified my pool of an audience to where like they're gonna proliferate me to that next level of emergence. Where it's like maybe you have the attention of a AWOL or whoever, or you know like now I can get booked for more shows outside of the outside of where I'm from. So. I'm in that space where I'm like, bro, I just gotta, you know, lead with lead with the music, because the music now just seems like it's a content piece, essentially. It's part of your content. It pieces. is in terms of like, I guess the way that like digitally, yeah. Yeah. But I was gonna say, I feel like another piece of it maybe also is performance. Mm-hmm. Like if you can't perform it, mm-hmm. I don't know. Like maybe this is also for me, being someone who's more of the audience, but also is more of the business side because mm-hmm. I eventually want to be on that side. It's like if you can't if you can't do this on stage, like what what are we doing? Like for why? sure, for and there's sure. and like that's I think does like it can pair off. I mean, yeah, you can be a cute face. You can put out a song that you've auto tuned and, and made your voice good in the studio. Yeah, um, and like you also don't have to write it. Like it's different. Like if I know that you write your mm-hmm. stuff, but like I think that that's like a part of the musicianship that is almost exclusive to itself. Like. Can you get on stage and do this thing? Yeah, true. I think like it's all cyclical. It's all cyclical. It's just big circles. I think in the digital age, these cycles just happen faster. Yeah. Where now we're back in like a singles-based music industry where playlists are more prominent and which is heartbreaking because I love a good album. Yeah. <laughs> but I think we're gonna get back to that point. I don't know how long. I give it. I would say like another few years, maybe. Because it's, it's not different from what happened in the 60s, early 60s, late 50s going to the early 60s where everything was singles based. And remember, these songs were like, they were how the length of songs now, like two minutes, two and a half minutes. It's this so a nice the, interlude. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah, like it's like yeah. a factory pumping, especially like across genres. But even if you look at rap, rap specifically, like you have, you know, like now people are just making TikTok oriented songs. So they have to be short. They have to be very short and to the point. So it's almost like how the Monkees came about, where they're not a real band. They didn't play any of theirs. Like the the uh, the display of the Monkees. Like mm-hmm. they none of those guys played the instruments or really wrote yeah, the yeah. songs or anything. They were written for them. So rap has entered that space. I think speaking back to like legacy, like we're mm-hmm. fifty years in now. You got rap songwriters. I think rappers should start looking at themselves as songwriters as well. Like you know, uh, as far as like you know. Establishing your leverage of your skill set, like yeah, because it's you, like if you're right, we've been writing songs, we write whole songs all this time. So now you, if have, they're good, then they're good. Yeah, exactly. So you have people in the pub. We've always had ghostwriters, but now I think it's been more becoming more of an accepted thing to be like, yo, we all in this camp for this for so and so, for Kanye or whoever. Yeah. It's like not now. It's more. It's uh, it's more commonplace. So at least like general information. Where audiences probably don't care now. They're probably at a point where they don't care. It's like, is it does it slap? 
is it gonna make me like is it gonna am I have a good time with this song? Yeah. So I think that that's a whole thing to navigate on its on, onto on itself. Own, yeah. But if you're an artist, like you just gotta build your world, yo. And however you feel is the best way to do that. But I know for me, I'm like leading with the music. It's like I can't lose that kind of mixtape ethos that I had loved when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. And I think with we got digital real estate now, so it makes it easier to just flip, you know, kind of hustle that in the sense of like getting it in front of people where you're not taking up anybody's physical space, maybe just a memory on their phone, barely, because we all streaming on our cellular now. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. so easy to where like I don't got to go to my cousin and them to find, to take their disc burn it onto my computer, mm-hmm. put it on my iPod, and, or even before that, where you just, like, you got your uncle and them, like, they got the stacks of CDs yep. in, in the trunk of their car or, like, in the glove compartment and be like, put this on, put this on. You heard so-and-so? So much easier now. Even if there's, like, songs that you don't like anymore, you can delete them joints or re-upload them with the better version and all that. Yeah. So, I think, like, artists now, especially if you're in the in the rap space, like, just take advantage of the tools some more, you know? Yeah. There's, there's loopholes, there's always loopholes to, or there's always a way to flip it to your advantage. But more importantly, like, build a world. That's the type of time I'm on, though. <laughs> I don't know about everybody yeah. else. But these are the conversations I be having with my artist homies and other people at events and stuff. And I'm, I'm like, I, ho- I, I hope you get it, but I... After a certain point, I don't care if you get it, cause like I gotta just I gotta do I gotta apply this to my work. Exactly. I was I was gonna say I feel like most of the artists I I I can almost find a quote from every interview that I've ever watched of any artist that I love right now, and they're like, I don't really care if you don't love this, but like I at least have like ten people that do, and they go hard. So like here yeah. we are, we're gonna keep doing yeah. it. Cause I I mean I want everybody to win, especially if like you a contemporary of mine. But cause and I think also just knowing being aware of mistakes I've made, and I'm seeing like people I know going into the same things. I'll be, I be trying to be like uh, tactful and being like, hey, I don't think that's a good idea. But now I'm at a point where it's like, don't do that. Don't look. <laughs> I don't think you need to do that right now. Because like, yo, we in the same spot right now. So that be, if I don't got time to be cute, you don't got time to be cute neither. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Sometimes you just got to be scrappy with it. Like it doesn't yeah. have to be, really it doesn't have to be perfect. And... That's the advantage of it now. Like, audiences now, like, they want to see you go from point A to point B. And if it's a circle, <laughs> like, squiggly line, they're still like, I'm going to ride with you on the line. Like, let's go. Yeah. Like, you're building your catalog in real time. Like, you're building your legacy in real time, you know? Yeah. That's, 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 that's the most recent realization I came to. So I'm like, all right, cool. So that means there's, there's people going to be down for the ride. And like, and that that could only grow the more like people are talking about like, man, he oh shoot, like now now I see because now he's consistent. He's more consistent than he's ever been, or he's doing this more consistently than he's ever had. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now I'm on board. But so for me, this this year in particular is about tapping into that. Yes, and so who are some people that I know that there are two people specifically mm-hmm. that you look up to in terms of how they put out music. Ironically, they're two of two people of two very different genres. Yeah, uh, Lil Wayne and Stevie Wonder. Yeah, um, which I know, like, like you understand when we first decided to talk about this, I was like, I'm not gonna lie, I need you to explain the connection. I get it, but like, what? Um, but then you explained it. I was like, oh, that makes sense. Um, because, and I guess it's also really timely because I mean, 
Wayne just dropped his most recent album, Funeral. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Haven't heard the whole thing. Have heard the singles. Um, Mahogany is beautiful, mostly because it has the Aaron Allen Kane sample. Yeah, um, I, I started listening to the album last night. I watch. Uh, I finished watching the the Drink Champs uh, interview. Oh gosh. <laughs> <sighs> I mean, Wayne is one of my favorite people. Just he's. I have a fascination with him, like I do with like Tyler the Creator, but. Mm. It's just like you're so strange that I, I, but you're talented. It's just like you are strange, and he's definitely one of those figures. Also, I mean, I was telling you this earlier. Like he shouldn't have been here. Like he, like by now, we should have lost Lil Wayne, and he's still here. And well, you know, I I can't say that about Stevie. (laughs) Stevie Wonder has, as far as I know, lived a very normal musical life but he could also what we know sketchy parts i don't really know <laughs> i just know that little wayne's body is probably a pharmacy so <laughs> i'm i'm surprised he's like oh you uh did you remember the power rangers movie yes he's remember the uh Ivan ooze the purple dude <laughs> like the, the, the green yes. the purple stuff like little way is probably just his 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 Inside. internal organs is just purple. Lean, just lean <laughs> from head to toe. Um, that and hair bleach at this point. Yeah. Um, but you gotta cut some of them things off, man. <laughs> just, I just I really let him live. But yeah, those are. But they do. You've mentioned this before, but like just looking back, I didn't even realize this until um, I was sort of studying for this episode. Little Wayne has like. A massive catalog, like absurdly large, um, and I feel like it's, it's really interesting. I saw like a headline that were like, "Funeral puts him back in the conversation." And I'm like, it's kind of weird to me, but I don't ever think of Lil Wayne as being out of the conversation completely. Yeah, like to me, he's always someone that simmers on on like an undercurrent of like we know something about him, we know something about his personal life, or we know something about his music, and it's not like he took a large amount of time off between projects. It's like every other year. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. like, that's crazy. Like, in terms of, like, putting out the amount of music. But then also, you were talking about Stevie Wonder and his entire catalog, which I don't... For some reason, like, I know Stevie, but I think I know Stevie the later years. Like, from apart from when he was a child star, which you know a lot about. Yeah. So... Uh, He's gonna take y'all on a history ride, so let you know. <laughs> so I think just to 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 set the basis for the for this part of the conversation, um, and everything we just talked about about uh, projections, ambitions, aspirations, goals, especially like pertaining to this year, uh, for me as an artist, I um, but I think this is somebody that this I think this is something everyone can relate to, no matter what craft you got. Um, I've been. I'm at a point in my development with music and as an artist where I'm. I want to seek a n- new mentorship, like <laughs> a yeah. real life mentor musically. Um, and I think until I find that, I am. I'm looking to these two <laughs> artists and Lil Wayne and Stevie Wonder as like my virtual spiritual mentors and looking at. Looking at it from a few perspectives, because I grew up, obviously, like, I've grown up with Wayne, uh, and loving Wayne, and with Stevie, it's just like, you know, it's just part of your life if you at least live in America, especially if you're black. <laughs> if you didn't clean your house to this song on 
Saturday morning. I don't know where you were. True say. <laughs> like, if it wasn't loud and somebody wasn't hitting something to tell you to get up and take a broom, you missed it. So Good for you. <laughs> so I, I've been looking at, and this, had, this, this sparked uh, sometime last year in 2019. I would probably say around the summer. Um, the, the idea just sparked of like, damn, they both have had prolific output their entire careers Mm -hmm. and they both had these like classic periods respectively uh where it it was just like these this is everything and everything you need to be talking about you know and i got curious of like well how how did they get to that classic period and it was just more like more of an intersection between them of how like that preparation period to get to this classic period and obviously with Wayne we've we witnessed it in his um kind of departure from the Hot Boys or I mean that fizzled out because the other members were leaving Cash Money Records yeah um and Wayne stayed but he he was going through this transition phase of like child star to Lil Wayne and Lil Wayne outside of the Hot Boys Lil Wayne as his own man Similar thing with Stevie, where he was little Stevie Wonder, mm-hmm. child prodigy, uh, at the time. And this this is information I've received from another podcast called The Hit Parade. Oh. Um, the man who runs that podcast, the, he did this episode about Stevie Wonder's kind of whole career trajectory, but it was in the basis of Fingertips, the song Fingertips. In which that's 1963. Mm-hmm. He uh, that was a song that was a live recording, a live recording, and the first live recording to hit number one on the pop charts on Billboard. Um, oh, <laughs> and there's a part one and part two to it. And if you know like the song, uh, you've heard it, you've heard it in some capacities. People have sampled it, but the part two is when uh, Stevie starts to like everybody say yeah. yeah, yeah. So and that's when he goes into his uh, virtuosic. Like performance of the harmonica, he plays the bongos. Uh, another cool thing to note: Marvin Gaye was playing drums on that. A young Marvin Gaye. So wow. this is this is when uh, I guess like Barry Gordy had his Motown roster doing these tours. Yeah, as and, a unit. Yeah, as a unit. Yeah, and I think the Marvelettes were going on after Stevie, and people were going nuts. Stevie's doing this incredible performance to where it's like it's very call and response. Almost as if he was a rapper, like he was. He was really controlling that crowd in such a way, and he starts to leave. He kind of plays with the band, signaling them. I think the bass player, a few of the players, but definitely the bass player went, and the other bass player who was supposed to come up for the Marvelous set comes in, and he CB comes back up for an encore, <laughs> and just keeps it keeps riffing and running. And like freestyling pretty much, and it's like such an incredible thing. So on the Hip Parade podcast, the uh, the man's name is escaping me who runs it, but shouts to him. It's a really cool podcast if you ever get to check it out, we'll along with this one. <laughs> yeah. um, but it, then he he sets that as the basis for the entire episode of what are the unique things about Stevie Wonder and how when we get into the classic period of like Inner Visions, Music on My Mind. Talking, uh, talking books, songs in the key of life, all the things that he did at that point as Little Stevie to emerge into that. Um, but then I like as a added or an addendum, I had noticed like they're the albums in the mid '60s that Stevie Wonder released, which are kind of just like 
mixtapes, essentially. So for me, for this like kind of spiritual mentorship, I've also been looking at Stevie Wonder as a rapper. I know that sounds weird, but <laughs> not real. I mean, if if it feels like if that. Cl- Cause that is a lot of music. Like you yeah. just made about seven <laughs> albums. Yeah. Um, so 1966, yeah. the album Uptight, which has Uptight, everything is alright. Um, up until for me, I I, can't, I put that timeline from then until Signed, Sealed, and Delivered in 1970. Right. So a good four years of three, six, eight albums. Four years and eight albums. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's that's a mixtape sweep. Yeah, like, so yeah. mixtape Stevie was going in because think if you think about it, a lot of these songs are like Motown classics, Motown written classics that he was writing or co-writing with others, mm-hmm. um, or written already, um, doing Bob Dylan covers, Beatles covers, other things from like the classic American Great American Songbook era. So he just making original arrangements of these with the producers he was working with. And so essentially, like mixtape projects. <laughs> like if you listen to uh, Uptight specifically, the way it runs in sequence is like all the songs are like two minute thirty seconds, and they're just hitting one after the other. So it's almost as if he's like, "Yo, just put on the beat, and I'm gonna go in." Yeah. So that prep work of all of going through all those classics, I think, set him up for when we get to where I'm coming from, which is the first of that classic album period, because it's where I'm coming from, music on my mind, talking book, and visions, fulfilling this, fulfilling this is first finale, and then songs name. in the key of life, where that's all him, for the most part. Like he's leading the production, he's leading the compositions, he's leading the lyrics, so and those are the that's the classic period of Stevie Wonder. Like all those albums were flawless, pretty much. Back yeah. to back to back. And those to are the ones that we back. know. And those are the ones that you know and love, like in your hearts forever. So uh drawing that parallel intersection back to Wayne's trajectory, exits the Hot Boys, goes into this phase where between the commercial studio albums he was putting out, five hundred degrees, uh, the Carter one. Between those, he put out a bunch of mixtapes. So he had like his first kind of young money signees and squad up, squad up era. Then it goes into um, the drought, uh, drought one, drought two, the prefix and suffix. That's when I got introduced to mixtape Wayne, the prefix and suffix, those two specifically. So you had to go back and study a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Well, because when I was younger, those are the first ones I got introduced yeah. to. My cousin was like, yo, Wayne is like... I was like, Wayne? for Bling, bling, Wayne? What? <laughs> I know. <laughs> and so I, that's when I started following from there. And I eventually went back to the Squad Up mixtapes. But really, like, if you touch on, like, the, the first drop, drop two more so, and then get into the prefix and suffix, and then after that comes, like, dedication one. Um, so all those happen around, like, the Carter one and 500 Degrees. But these are just Wayne, and I, he was speaking about it on the uh, Drink Champs episode, where he was just like, that was, I just took it upon myself, man, because he was like, doing the commercial hours with Manny and them, it was like school, it was like going to school. And oh, then, man. so he's like, I have to pass these tests, but these mixtape things is what I really do, like me like loving Jay and loving like East Coast hip hop and all these other influences, like I wanted to be that dude. So this is that. So that's where we get more lyrically dense. Wayne doing all like all these like I guess quote unquote real rap 
things. <laughs> and um, then that that kind of just accelerated. It kept accelerating. So even when we get to the Carter II, um, the mixtapes that come before that, like the uh, the Wayne Carter collection, which was like a brand partnership with Reebok when he put out his Reeboks. Like, <laughs> yeah. So all those things lead to the Carter II for me, which is like my favorite Wayne album as a fan. I think his like seminal album of, wow, Wayne really has like all the all the things like he's yeah. like complete like he's a complete rapper and then we get to this his classic period of the carter three era the drop three going into the carter three where it's just like this dude is everywhere people are bootlegging all these other mixtapes yeah. all the leaks all those things his official issues of mixtapes are 31 it's like 31 officially issued lil wayne mixtapes which is just insane so, which is insane in itself, and then you account the hundreds of other leaks and bootlegs, and, and it was like it was everywhere and singles and features. That's part of his classic period too. All them features he was, oh running, yeah, you know. So that's what I'm saying. Like I don't think there's ever been a moment where Lil Wayne was not a name that I heard on somebody's track or like yeah, his own music was out. Yeah. I don't remember that. Yeah, and we've had decades of Stevie, obviously, to just uh, kind of sulk in what his classic period gave us to live for generations, right? Like there are generations yeah. now where like we, we get to live with that and like it become a part of our lives in some capacity. Even if you're like some kid on TikTok, like somehow, I don't know, somehow Stevie Wonder is like affecting the TikTok you gonna make. Has to. Has well, to. Well I appreciate that because I'm <laughs> I'm worried about the kids. I'm like you guys are gonna miss out on all of them. <laughs> and I think now like we're seeing Wayne just I, I don't know, I'm well. I'll speak for myself as a fan. I'm looking at Wayne now as like you don't have to do anything anymore. Honestly, you don't. You really don't. don't. But we we know we all know he's that's something he'll never stop rapping until he is literally not here anymore. I feel like he will never retire from that. I think he'll that that's over. something interesting to think of, like because I think that that's also up for discussion in today's artistry, like mm. when someone's gonna like fall off. But then I'm like, but how dedicated were you to this thing in the first place? But like you said, like, when it comes to, <laughs> you know, like, it's true. Wayne, and that's what I mean. Like, I'm just like, Wayne has always been here. And he, yeah. in some way, will always feel like he is here. Yeah. Whereas other people, I don't think that, I don't think, like, so I'm, it's weird to me that we're talking about young, young people who just got here that are like, uh, and you're like, how you gonna like fizzle out that quick? <laughs> Did you want to do this? Yeah. And I guess it is also like the long game. Where like, I, I, I took what you just said about Lil Wayne being like, no, I took influences from East Coast. Like, I want to be up there. Mm-hmm. And he applied it. So yeah. like in terms of, even like in terms of you, when it comes to like the somewhat musical mentorship. Yeah. It's, it's uh, yeah, I think for me, it's like affecting me or like looking at these two specific examples. Uh, it's just serving as a springboard inspiration. And... As a means of like how I pace myself, or in a way that like I've I've put my like projections up, I've set like release dates and all those things ahead of time because I'm like I've been learning the power of reverse engineering from from the deadline or the due date, which makes it doesn't make it easier, but it makes it it, it helps me tap into that focus space more of like all right, cool. So now I know I can break this down into these steps so I can get this complete to get to that. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking at their career trajectory specifically in those preparation periods we just like talked about of 
okay, cool. If I were to have a classic period <laughs> for, for, you know, and this is me like essentially trying to put my ambition in the right places. But yeah, I'm like, okay, cool. That prep period beyond what I've done from since I was a teenager doing poetry and stuff like this, this prep period I'm in now, like knowing the artist I am and what I stand for and all those things and trying to operate in this climate of being an artist where, like I was saying before, like there's a lot of cute things to do, but what is it really worth to your longevity, you know? And I'm looking at what they did in their prep, in their own respective preparation periods as a means of like, this is how, this is, this is what I want to emulate. This is the kind of spirit, the kind of work ethic that I would like to emulate to tenacity. ensure that tenacity, that hunger, to ensure whatever success is supposed to come from that. Because I think that I think that's the thing of like trying to answer, at least trying to think about like what what is how I define the success, and I mean, and speaking of timeliness, like in the passing of Kobe Bryant, I think that's the next book I'm gonna read too, The Mamba Mentality. Yeah. But um, just watching, I know like there's certain interviews like I've memorized of his where one one he and he said it through several interviews, but you know loving, loving that process for real for real. And not as a joke, like all the ugly things about it. Like we 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 we've been talking about it. Like just the ugly parts, the parts no, you know, the parts when nobody's checking for you, um, all when those things. Vault. When it halt, yeah, when it hurts, like when you really don't feel like doing it that day, like loving those things. Because I feel like beyond their support systems of like having these very established record labels, beyond at least for Wayne's sake, beyond. <laughs> <laughs> being uh you know having the um the substances to like go you know go crazy for days at a time um yep. beyond all those <laughs> things beyond all those things there i know innately in, in the both of them him and stevie wonder there was that drive of like i'm trying or not even trying i want to flip all this on his head eventually i just want to master i want to master this thing that i do these things that i do i really want to master it yeah. And for me, like that's going to get me up every day. That's what's going to keep me going every day. And you got to, again, like I feel like you got to just chalk it up to God ultimately because like that's it's probably just God working through you <laughs> for your own for your own greatness. And like there's Truly. there's there's trust in that. You got to trust in that. You have to trust yourself in that. So, I think I've been learning the those type of things and like other life experiences. And like through my art and craft as well, but I'm at that point where like this is really all this this is like all the ambition I have, <laughs> like or rather this is what I have the most ambition for to do. You know, like I never really wanted to do anything else. Trying the uh, trying to do other things was a means of me like compensating to a degree. Uh, obviously, like you want varied experiences and things like that, but some of these things like it looked good on paper. I guess I'll do it. Now I'm like, I don't have the time anymore. Yeah. Now, yeah. So and also you feel a calling to this. Like, obviously, like, <laughs> it takes, I don't know that many people that will willingly get up on stage, mm. perform something that they wrote probably in their bedroom, depending on how personal or not personal it is, and be like, believe in it. Yeah. Like, that takes a different level of like. That belief, exactly. Yeah. That belief. Yeah. Yeah. I think like you, you get clarity and belief over time. The more as the more experiences you attain, right? Like I was telling my when we, my, we was having that long conversation the other day with my mom and dad. I was saying, uh, 
in my bio, whatever, or like whatever interview, or like at least answering the question like, why do you do this? I know for me, the answer is always uh, I'm trying to take care of myself and take care of my people. And that's like, that's that's my means for making music. It's the, it's a way I know how, outside of the other ways that you can. But that is the way I know how. So I'm like, cool. For me, that's like success, whatever success comes from that impetus. It's like, that's, that's, what, that's what will be satisfying for me. Outside of just like mastering this stuff, but but yeah, that that that's it. And I feel like as long as as long as you know what your north star is, and again to like artist development, it take time to figure what that is, figure out what that is, and it could absolutely change over yeah. time. But just the main, the you know the core, the core like the core idea. Getting to that point, it take time. If I could say anything to any artist, whether like you're younger than me or older than me, is like. You gotta, you just gotta trust in that timing, yo. Cause when it happens for you, it's meant to happen for you. Yeah, trust you the timing of your to, life. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta trust in it. It's beyond, cause it's beyond what we could tangibly touch, see, or grasp. Yeah, like and that's, that's the scary part. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah, cause yeah, exactly. Cause even when you're scared, even when you're like, I don't know if I'm supposed to be doing this no more. Like, ah, da, da, da. it's like, it's something burning in you to where it's like, obviously, you don't want to stop. I'm, I know I'm stubborn as hell. I'm, I'm a gal I'm stubborn as hell. I'm stubborn as all Word. hell. But I, I, I like there's things where I like I know I'm just being stubborn for the sake of, and when I'm like, I, yo, I want this. Like, <laughs> and, but I think and that, that's the point. Is like it should wake you up. Your artistry should wake you up every day, mm. or whatever you're doing. If you're an artist, if you're Someone who's a teacher, whatever the case may be, like whatever your calling is, yeah. which for you is is this, mm-hmm. like it should wake you up every day. Yeah. It should make you be like, there are still going to be days where you're like, I don't want to be here. I don't want to do this. I don't want to record this song. <laughs> um, I don't want to make this beat. Yeah. But like, if that's the call that you have, yeah. you so can't. thing for me is like this 2020 is about putting that on more of a display. So I feel like I'm always I do the internal work. I think even Blue would tell you like it's probably a lot of stuff I've just been sitting on that she wants to hear that I let her probably hear like once barely. Yeah. And she she she's ready to like get on my back about like why didn't you put this? Just put it out. Put it out. Put it out. I mean that's who that's who Brittany is. But also we do I do the same thing to her. I'm like. Uh, you gonna you gonna put out the video or not? Like it's like that sort of thing. You just gotta go. Yeah, you just gotta go. You get cute later, you know. Like just think about everybody who's your fave for real. Like that is- it all did. It all didn't start like it all start out with the bells and whistles. It didn't. And if it did, <laughs> then you need to find a new fave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yup. Yup. Exactly. Or you would just get bored. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's just like be bored. it. I don't know. I just think of my fave. Everybody knows my fave. I've watched her. I was like, well, okay. Like, we gonna put out this music. Like, we gonna put out this podcast. It ain't gonna be perfect, but it's gonna be what it is. True safe. Or even even some of my favorite writers. Like, I'm just like, no. Like, their first pieces weren't the greatest. Mm-hmm. Like, but they're out there. Yeah. So, yeah, we live in a very perfectionist culture right now. Like, so curated. Everything is like that's so really fake what it curated. Is. It's curation so more than perfection. <laughs> yeah. I want, I want everyone to realize that it's a filter more than it's actually perfect. Mm-hmm. And that changes everything. True say. But, I mean, you did mention this. 
in terms of success right now? Mm-hmm. Like for you, you're like, I don't really know what that looks like. Yeah. Is that the case? Um, or do you kind of know like this year, like I'll be successful if I... I can I can speak to that. Mm-hmm. So success for me within this year for what I've set out this year, because I think it's that, that approach of like, what what is what am I looking at that's right in front of me? You know, yeah. um, it is success for me this year would be like out of this output of music and work um, to really bake in uh, a sizable audience that are kind of locked in, like you know they're fully bought in. It's like okay, it's your cousin, we rocking with it's your cousin, like real real supporters, and I have those, and I'm grateful for the people I, I know I have. Um, and even those people, like my existing audience, like just really having them lock even and even more, because these are people who've also known me from the other kind of crafts that I was exploring, like uh, film and like poetry. But I, for me, like the success would be having being on the same accord with my audience of like this is this is where we this is where we at with music, and this is like this is what's at the top of that funnel. Um, and let's you know, so to have that leverage to take it to the next step, which for me is uh, in all practical matters touring, at least opening, at least opening on somebody tour. All right, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> you trying to be on somebody's tour? Yeah, yeah. So by the end, by the end of the year, to at least be opening for some folks, and then going into twenty twenty one, like at least like leading a few shows, and yeah, because I mean that's really how like. It's really how people getting paid, your artists are getting paid, and not like, I need to... <laughs> yeah. yeah, you gotta be on somebody's stage. Let's be clear, it is... That is I, need, I need to make some money for music for real, man. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, After so all this time. <laughs> does this mean that there will be new music more than just the single? Yeah, so we we uh, we in the middle of February right now. I don't know... Uh, you've been putting out these weekly, right? Yeah. Or whenever this comes out, I guess like the week after... Uh, will be a new set of songs. Wait, so, like early March? Uh-uh, or end of like, February? End of February. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's like an exclusive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So high high output. But not like, I'm not doing like 20 track mixtapes, you know? Like, I, I'm also trying to work with the climate. So, you know. You know, or that EPs. Frank Ocean mixtape that was 40 oh, yeah. tracks long. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, I'm not gonna Chris Brown no it. Like, <laughs> no double discs or anything like that. Please don't. I don't have enough people to to, to support that yet. <laughs> but yeah, just just really like small offerings of songs that I believe in, and just working in that kind of space too. I think that's what uh, I guess when we were talking about how we feel earlier, creatively, I just feel like in a great space for that. I think I've been cultivating that over the past year. I think especially like coming from burnout, it was just like. I need to not only feel good about going into doing work again, but like having the right mindset for it. And yeah, so I think that's what's really exciting. It makes me feel very excited because even like, and I think it's really just about like working my systems and the habits that come out of those, like finishing songs, for example, like making a better habit of finishing songs, whether they're like good to me or trash to me, is like finish them. You know, you yeah. never know what I could end up elsewhere, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. So this year is about, that's that's what it's about. It's really about that work for real. Or really just like letting people see it and yeah. like show it and listen to it. And then like, yeah, starting that real feedback loop, 
you know? You yeah. can only you can only like post so many Instagram you can only post on your Instagram so much of you you and photos just like chilling somewhere. It's like where the damn music? Like <laughs> <laughs> Not gonna lie. Yeah. Are you an influencer or are you a <laughs> Well or are you a artist? <laughs> they work to, they work in, they work together, but they work it's in like, tandem, come but on, one man. has to work, period. You know? Um <laughs> But I guess my last question is more of a fun one. Word. You have your own catchphrase. I do. <laughs> I'm gonna let you do it. I can't do it as good as you. Um, tell, like, sort of tell people what it means. I know that you. That is something that you'll see all of your socials everywhere. Yeah. So That is like that's the catchphrase. That's the alib. That's the greeting. It's a greeting. Actually, in all in all uh, intensive purposes. It's it's just a it's just a means of me like acknowledging you. So if I see you coming down the block or like we run into each other somewhere or like we linking up, I'm like choo wee or I answer the phone choo wee. It's just like good energy unto you know. It came from um every <laughs> came from me being New Orleans. <laughs> so I was like New Orleans is to ish as London is to me. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Like I can't. I, if I go back the next time, it's a one way ticket. I promise you. Well. <laughs> so um, yeah. So the last time I was there, uh, I was out there for like almost a month, and I was really just like kikiing with people, like just really being in it. Um, Shouts to the seventh ward. <laughs> I think that's where I would like live once I move out there eventually. But we'll see. But um, but yeah, so I'm like I'm learning, I'm learning a lot more of the slang, I'm learning a lot more of how people talk. Like and it it's like it's in me now. Like some of the some of the some words I don't even say the same no more. Like I can't say I need to do this right now. Oh, see, like I can't say I need that right now. I can't say now. It takes too much <laughs> for me to say. Now. <laughs> but um there uh so the way we say you're here in New York, for example, like in the wellness, they go Euro. <laughs> and like just add an RO at the end and then there's like a few other ones so you see somebody like far away you're trying to call them like ski wee like that's one and I thought I heard, I thought I heard something like chew wee but I and granted like that's a magical place I think it was something the ancestors <laughs> touching you. me yeah the ancestors touching me or something but like how like happy I was feeling and like I just I blurted that out <laughs> I wasn't even trying to call nobody I was like chew wee like I just felt so good and yeah, so I was like, okay, <laughs> whatever that sound, yeah, whatever that sound is, <laughs> I was like, maybe I should, yeah, that's, so it's just a greeting for how good I felt in that moment. I'm like, okay, maybe I could carry to keep carrying this song wherever I'm at. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not mean, only when I'm in, in New Orleans, but like, yeah, let me carry this everywhere else. So anytime you see me, just chew it, you know, you come to a show, like, Probably be saying that by the end of the set, you know, so. <laughs> I love it. I love yeah. it. Well, tell the people where they can find you on the interwebs. Yes. Uh, the website is yourcousinhere.com, like your cousin downstairs, like your cousin here. So Y-A, cousin, normally spelled here, uh, dot com, yourcousinhere.com. All socials are the artist name. It's your cousin. So I-S-H. Yeah, Y A cousin, spelled normally, and yeah, that's 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 where I'm at. I, 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 otherwise, I'm out in these streets. You feel me? <laughs> and we'll we'll let you know when he's out in these streets or on or popping out on stage. I will be sure to let the people know. You can find me at D underscore Creative. 
You can email me at theintersectionpodcast at gmail.com. We're on Spotify, Stitcher, and Apple. Wow, I've, this Woo! is like the speediest I've done this. Um, please like, share, let us know what you think. Um, if there's any musical mentors or even mentors that you have um, in your own fields that you may not know. And is that something that has helped you get to where you want to go? Um, yeah. Love y'all. Be back next week. Like, like, subscribe, and share, please. Yeah. Bye. Later. <laughs> <laughs>